This is the Poison Terminator podcast. My name is uh, Carlo Diolan. Today we're going to talk about how to avoid rattlesnake bites. Rattlesnake bites are mostly frequent in the month of September in the state of Arizona. We can also find this snake in southern British Columbia and other parts of the southern U.S. My guest, Dr. Michelle Ruha, will help us understand this topic. Dr. Ruha is a medical toxicologist at the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix, and Banner University Medical Center. She has also written several scientific articles about snake envenomation in peer-reviewed journals. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ruha. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. What does a rattlesnake look like? Well, the rattlesnakes are generally a brownish color. They can have different patterns. We have a common one here in Arizona called the Western Diamondback, which does have a diamond-like pattern on its scales. The um, snakes have a triangular-shaped head, which helps distinguish them from some non-venomous species of snakes. And they also have a rattle at the end of their tail. So when rattlesnakes become threatened, they often coil up and they shake their tail, their rattle, which makes a loud noise that warns predators away and also helps warn warn humans most of the time. How does a rattlesnake bite look like? Well, uh, rattlesnakes have two front fangs, which when they do um, strike and envenomate someone, they'll leave puncture wounds. So when someone is bitten by a snake, a rattlesnake, they will have some some type of break in the skin. Uh, most of the time we do see two puncture wounds, but sometimes there can just be one if just one fang enters, or uh, there may be multiple marks because rattlesnakes also have teeth. But um, sometimes you just see a little bit of a scratch. <clears throat> However, you'll always see some type, of, some type of disruption of the skin. And then in addition to that wound, the snake bites will present with some swelling around the area, and that swelling can get much worse over a short period of time. So usually we see a puncture wound with uh, a little bit of oozing of blood from the wounds and some swelling, sometimes some redness and bruising around the wound. But the most impressive thing is usually um, pretty rapidly progressive swelling from the site of the bite. In which uh, body parts do we most often see rattlesnake bites? Well, they're usually the hand or the leg. Uh, I'd say we see maybe about 60% of bites in the leg, and those can be the lower leg, the foot, or the ankle, and maybe about 40% of the bites are in the upper extremity, but most of those are in the hand, because most of the time, the person who's bitten was actually trying to pick up the snake, uh, or put their hand somewhere that they didn't realize there was a snake and, and got bitten on the finger. Bites to other parts of the body are pretty uncommon, but we do occasionally see bites to the trunk or the head or, or face area. What are the clinical signs and symptoms of uh, rattlesnake bites? Well, in addition to the swelling, people will have a lot of pain. They are very, very painful. and. Um, those are the main local things. Uh, the local effects are the swelling and the pain. But people can have other symptoms after a bite. They can feel nauseous. They can have vomiting. Um, 
sometimes people will have a drop in their blood pressure, so they may become dizzy. Uh, when we bring them to the hospital, we'll also look for changes in their blood. Uh, we'll measure a plate, the platelets and um, your coagulation factors to see how well your blood is clotting and uh, to see if your platelets are normal. And a lot of times the platelet count does drop and the fibrinogen in your blood also drops and that can put you at risk for bleeding. So the main things that we see are the swelling, the pain, and then in about 30% of people in Arizona will also see some changes in the blood. Are there diseases or medication that makes people more vulnerable to rattlesnake envenomation? That's a really good question. I don't think we know that answer right now. As far as I know, the answer is there isn't anything that makes someone more vulnerable. However, we also really don't have large, large numbers of patients that we've been able to study prospectively and look at how things like diabetes or high blood pressure, coronary artery disease, um, asthma or other problems might affect uh, somebody's response to, to venom. It's possible that there are some conditions that may make it harder to heal from a snake bite or cause someone to have a more serious response, but right now we really don't have that information. So we generally expect that everyone is at pretty equal risk for um, having severe f effects after a snake bite. There are some things like liver disease or if someone already has some abnormalities in their blood or is already on blood thinners because of a, a cardiac problem, some of those things make sense that they would complicate the course and management of a snake bite. How long does it take for the venom to produce symptoms? That can be very variable, but most of the time it's pretty instantaneous. As soon as someone is bitten, uh, they'll have pain right away, and then uh, typically they'll head directly to a healthcare facility, and usually by the time they arrive, even if it's only about 15 minutes later, they'll already be having pain and swelling. Uh, in some other cases, people can have um, no symptoms right away, and yet still go on to have important symptoms later. So when someone gets bitten, even if they're completely fine, they don't feel sick, they don't have pain, we will still watch them in an emergency department for about 8 to 12 hours and monitor their blood work and watch for development of symptoms because sometimes it can be a delayed onset up to about 8 to 12 hours. But the majority of people will have um, swelling and pain within the first 15 to 30 minutes. What should we do if a rattlesnake bites us? Well, this is a tough one because people generally want to be able to do something on their own, but there isn't very much you can do other than get to a healthcare facility. There are a lot of rumors, you know, uh, like urban legends out there about things you can do, uh, but they tend to be not helpful or dangerous. So you don't want to put a tourniquet around the wound. Uh, you don't want to put ice on the wound, and I've heard all sorts of other things too, like electric shock and, uh, and cutting into it and trying to suck out the venom. None of those things are advisable. Um, you want to just stay calm, and if it's possible to keep yourself 
still, if you can uh, have an ambulance come to you or have someone, uh, if it's a nearby hospital, have someone drive you and just stay calm and still, uh, then that's great. But out here in Arizona, sometimes people are bitten out on a hiking trail and they actually have to hike a mile or two back before they even get cell phone service. And uh, most of the time, that's that's okay. Uh, so the most important thing is to get to a healthcare facility as soon as you can and don't try to do any sort of field therapies yourself uh, because that can either delay your treatment or potentially cause more damage. Is it good to uh, disinfect the wound and put a bandage over it? Uh, you know, ideally you'll get to a healthcare facility pretty quickly and you won't need to do anything like that. But if you are out in the field and you're, uh, you know, miles away from being able to get care or hours away, I think it's a great idea to just put a, a bandage over it. However, um, you know, and, and soap and water over it would be fine. But surprisingly, we really almost ne never see infections uh, from our rattlesnake bites. Uh, and we will clean them when the patients come into the hospital, but there's nothing special we do except for uh, some soap and water. When we say a bandage, it's a, it's a bandage uh, without applying pressure on the wound, right? Exactly. So, uh, yes, I was just talking about like a, a basically the equivalent of a band-aid, like a, a little piece of cloth taped on the wound, like a sterile bandage. But pressure immobilization bandages are used routinely in Australia, and there's good evidence uh, to show that they delay the absorption of venom for their neurotoxic snakes. In the United States and in Canada, uh, we mainly have snakes uh, that cause tissue damage, not neurotoxicity. So the rattlesnakes, the primary symptoms that we see are tissue damage and the effects on the blood, like I mentioned. So a pressure immobilization bandage could actually be more harmful than helpful because it can uh, trap the venom in that area of the tissue and increase the damage. So we would rather not keep the venom localized in the area of the bite with rattlesnake bites. How are rattlesnake bites treated in an hospital setting? Well, the main treatment is antivenom. We will typically elevate the person's arm or the leg so that they can have some drainage of the edema with gravity and that relieves the pressure and the pain they're feeling. We also give IV fluids because the rattlesnake venom can cause the vessels in your body to become very leaky and people become very dehydrated. So we'll give IV fluids, we'll give pain medicine because they're very painful in a lot of cases. And then the main therapy is antivenom. Right now we only have one FDA approved antivenom in the U.S., but there is another one coming on market in October, very soon. So we'll have a few options for our rattlesnake envenomations. How can we avoid rattlesnake bites? Well, I think that um, a large portion of patients who are bitten by snakes actually did see the snake and, in, and knew they were interacting with it. So that's an easy one. Um, never intentionally interact with a snake unless you really are a professional and you really know what you're doing. Um, and then to avoid the unintentional interactions, 
I would mainly say be really aware of your environment. Most people uh, know if there are snakes in an area in which they live, and um, you always want to be just keeping your eyes out for them. So here in Arizona, I think it's important for people to even, when they're stepping out of their vehicle, to look at the ground before they step out. Um, when they are walking out of their front door, make sure that there isn't a snake, you know, in, in front of the front step. Because we actually do see quite a few people who are bitten when they just stepped right outside of their house. So I think being aware of your environment, um, staying on trails is important when people are hiking, and listening too. Uh, I think that if you're out in the desert or out in an area where there may be venomous snakes, then it's a good idea to not wear earbuds with loud music in them. You want to hear a rattle if if there is a rattle to be heard. So you really just want to be aware of your surroundings, be aware of the potential for snakes to be there, and wear uh, good footwear. A lot of our patients who have uh, snake bites to the foot were actually not wearing shoes or they were wearing flip-flops. So it's good to, if you're going out in an area where snakes inhabit, to wear a good, a good sneaker or boot. Can we also find snakes in gardens or close to roads? Yes, absolutely. Uh, snakes are found in a pretty um, big variety of settings. We have them out in the desert areas, which is not unexpected, but people also have them in their yards. So certainly a lot of people will encounter snakes when they're gardening. So again, that might be an instance where you uh, can be bitten on the hand without really intending to interact with the snake. But if you know that you have snakes in your area and you're gardening, yes, you should be uh, cautious that there could be a snake there. We um, in definitely have rattlesnakes in residential areas here in Arizona. Uh, many people find them in their backyards or front yards uh, and on the streets, on golf courses. We've had visitors from Canada bitten on golf courses uh, many times over the years. So uh, they can be found pretty much anywhere. What, what should we do if we're in front of a rattlesnake run or stay put? Well, rattlesnakes will not chase you. So if you see a snake, just step back, like back away. I would not startle it, so I probably wouldn't run, but I would recommend just taking a few steps back and going in the other direction or, you know, making a wide berth around it. Um, snakes really want to avoid human interactions as much as most humans want to avoid the snake interactions. So um, if the snake sees you, chances are it's going to give you that warning rattle and you'll have an opportunity to back away. The problems happen um, when uh, the snake or the person, you know, aren't aware of each other in advance, like somebody just steps out of their house or something and there was a snake right there and they stepped on it. So pretty much staying calm and backing away, I think, is the way to go. Why did you decide to do research on venomous animals? Well, uh, I grew up in the east uh, in a place where we did not have any snakes. So when I moved to Arizona for my toxicology training, I just found the snake bites just fascinating because I had never really encountered any uh, envenomations uh, before I moved out to Arizona. Uh, also, there just is so much that we don't know about snake envenomations and the, the best way to manage them and um, 
just as we talked about earlier, what factors might um, affect how someone responds to a snake bite. There's so much that we still don't know. So it just seemed like an area that um, was really in need of more, more research. So um, luckily I'm at a center where we transfer in patients from all over the state with snake envenomations. So we get to treat a lot of patients here, which also uh, allows us to do more clinical research and sort of look at how patients respond to treatment and perhaps what sort of um, factors may lead to certain outcomes like uh, wounds and and uh, some other later complications like development of recurrent hematologic effects and it's a it's a great place to study snake bites. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Ruha, for uh, taking some time to be with us today to give us the necessary information to protect ourselves from this dangerous snake. Well, thank you very much for having me. That's all for today. I'm the Poison <laughs> okay. Terminator. I will be back next week with another episode. Have a great day.